Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. And welcome to an October day. Yeah, you're not good. 65 degrees, but apparently it's supposed to warm up just as quickly as it became cool. It does feel like, uh, it feels very autumnal. Reason cannot compete with hysteria. The uh, British tabloids, almost in unison, have headlines that say the world is on fire. But it's... But it's not. There's small. There's really small pieces of the world that are on fire. Mm-hmm. But the the entire world is not not on fire. Governor Jerry Brown, we're seeing the hottest temperatures in ten thousand years since civilization came into being. Um, can no. I just maybe we'll give him one of these? How about uh, a, we don't know. No, yeah, we should do groin kick him. Yeah, groin you know kick what, the think. governor of California. That deserves this. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. Say, may I old. get something off my chest uh, quickly, and then we won't dwell on it? Okay. You may. Almost two weeks ago, we came across the uh, the discovery that St. Paul has an am- animal control supervisor <laughs> named Molly Linares. Yes. <laughs> and she, even by bureaucratic standards, issued one of the strangest quotes to ever come down the pike. And that, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me, but... Uh, upon her receiving news of increased coyote sightings in St. Paul, she said, and again, I'm paraphrasing, oh, we welcome wildlife to the city. We're happy that they choose to live in our city as we continue to improve our water and, and our parks. Yeah. Huh. It's going to backfire on her. It is. I got a text, this, a picture this morning from the middle kid I used to have. Yes. She has a two-and-a-half-year-old and an about-to-be-six-year-old. Yep. There's the coyote in her front yard. When you showed me that picture, I couldn't believe that. It's cas- it's, it looks like it's just casually walking down the street. It is. A jogger, who my uh, the kid I used to have, uh, saw a jogger and said, hey, 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 coyote. And uh, the jogger said, wow, I got to get home because I, I have a one-year-old that goes outside. This is going to backfire. This attitude, th- this preposterous attitude of, of an... An- we have an animal control supervisor who doesn't know animals and doesn't know control. Who has lost their relationship with nature. Absolutely. This, this, these are foul, dangerous creatures. You know how they kill their prey? No. Whether it be a, an, a, a cat or a small dog or a human, and they can do that. Uh, are, they, are, they, are those incidents rare? Less rare than you think. You can do your own research. Okay. They break their necks. Just give them a little. Uh, That's a how quick... you. That, so so. Let's say you're outside with your two year old. What's a mother supposed to do if the if the coyote gets bold enough and hungry enough to take a charge at the kid? What the hell is the mother supposed to do? Wow. These things should be reported on every sighting. They should be trapped and gotten rid of, or or citizens are going to end up taking this into their own hands. Yeah, and, and again, and I'll go to jail if I have to for shooting one. Rather than see a two-year-old get its neck broken by a coyote. These are not cute. There's nothing cute about These this. This isn't two-cycle, the dog. No, this isn't dog. the town dog wandering around. Which, ironically enough, if animal control got wind of a dog walking around, they'd be out to snatch it up in oh, no time. Oh, that dog has to be on a leash. Yeah. 
Well, I agree with okay, you. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Okay, I'm, I'm done vented. venting. But I'm telling you, you got to. If you live in the Highland Park area of St. Paul, keep your heads up. I'm not kidding. We have a um, uh, a, a group, like a Facebook group of the neighborhood that I live in. Mm-hmm. And I don't recall if it was yesterday or the day before, but someone put out a warning. There's a coyote. And I, I fought the urge, but I wanted to say, yeah. We live in Carver County. Yeah, they're, they're I would expect it. <laughs> they own homes out here. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but you're you right. In, if you live in Mac Groveland or Highland Park and you've got small children, I'm telling you, I'd be really, really careful. Really careful. I, I hate to think that something's going to happen. But with the attitude of this preposterous animal control supervisor, something will happen because she doesn't intend to take any action whatsoever. She thinks all are welcome here. No. A multitude of species. And she doesn't return phone calls. How can how can you be a public servant like that and not who does she have to answer to? The mayor? So I called when I, I wrote about it. So I called her. Right. And whoever answered the phone said, Well, she's right next to me on the other phone. And I said, Well, here here's what I need. Here's my name. I gave her my cell phone number. And I, I made the ridiculous assumption that because these two women were literally sitting next to each other, that Molly would have been given the message. You're, you're sitting there waiting for the phone to ring, yeah. her to call back. Nothing new in the news. I got a great email from Jay, who writes, Weather mania is not new. Some of the classic old American authors taking a beating in the opinion polls these days, so I decided to lend some support and have been rereading Mark Twain. I just finished Life on the Mississippi, published in 1883, which is an account of a trip Sam Clemens took by steamboat up the Mississippi from New Orleans to St. Paul, Okay, in which he mentions White Bear Lake, by the way. I've read Life on the Mississippi, but it's been a long time, and I'm glad Jay is reminding me of this passage. With regard to weather mania and what is the temperature supposed to be, I thought I'd relay the following passage from his stop in St. Paul. Here we go. Mark Twain in 1883. The season being far advanced when we were in New Orleans, the roses and magnolia blossoms were falling. But here in St. Paul, it was the snow. In New Orleans, we had caught an occasional withering breath from over a crater, apparently. Here in St. Paul, we caught a frequent benumbing one from over a glacier, apparently. I am not trying to astonish by these statistics. No, it is only natural that there should be a sharp difference between climates which lie upon parallels of latitude, which are one or 2,000 miles apart, I take this position and I will hold it and maintain it in spite of the newspapers. The newspaper thinks it isn't a natural thing. And once a year in February, it remarks with ill-conceived exclamation points that while we away up here are fighting snow and ice, folks are having new strawberries and peas down south. Collas are blooming out of doors and the people are complaining of the warm weather. The newspaper never gets done being surprised by this. It is caught regularly every February. There must be a reason for this, and the reason must change must be the change of hands at the editorial desk. You cannot surprise an individual more than twice with the same marvel, not even with the February miracles of the southern climate. But if you keep putting new hands at the editorial desk every year or two and forget to vaccinate them against the annual climactic surprise, that same old thing is going to occur right along. Each year, one new hand will have the disease and be safe from its recurrence, but this does not save the newspaper. No, the newspaper is in as bad a case as ever. It will forever have its new hand, and so it will break out with strawberry surprise every February as long as it lives. Hmm. In other words, 
Twain was was early on to the idea that weather was treated with some alarm. <laughs> and he, I think one of the greatest lines I've ever read here, don't forget to vaccinate them against the annual climactic surprise. <laughs> so, uh, you know what? You know what? what Nothing got? new. Nothing. Nothing new. Jerry Brown. Minnesota couple busted for 253 crappies over the limit. I saw them all laid out on the news, too. A tip to uh, a poacher's hotline has resulted in charges against a southern Minnesota couple who investigators say were found with nearly 300 crappies after fishing on Fairmont's Lake Sisseton. Reavers, do you know that lake? No, I'm not familiar. Fairmont, isn't that down your way? Or you were Fairmont? Fairmont Fairmont is over in the corner. Corner of what? The state. It's over... It's over there. You can get there. It's over right over there. Down People there. confuse Fairmont and Faribault quite often, by okay. the way. The State Department of Natural Resources say says the possession limit for crappies in the state is 10. Uh, the Star Tribune reported that 70-year-old Isuvan Exayashak nailed it, and his wife, 60-year-old Chanthone Fongism, is that a way of life? Fongism? <laughs> uh, we're doing a little fongism today. We need Are charged with possession of fish over the limit. They face possible fees and orders for uh, restitution that could total up to three grand if they're found guilty. Minnesota Conservation Officer Dustin Miller said the case is an example of how anonymous informants under the turn in poachers or tip program can assist in protecting state resources. Well, not, not in this case. What are they going to do? By the time they get around to putting them back in the lake, they're not going to swim very well. <laughs> no, they're not. It's not like a Richard Ruff. I got a, a trophy crop. Right, freeze these. <laughs> he says uh, the anonymous tip was strong because it was immediate and included solid information. Fairmont's on 90, just about, I would say, maybe an hour west of Albert Lee. Okay. So you go down 35. I, I would 90. consider that, and I, I'm willing to be corrected, uh, I would consider that what I would call a farm lake. There you is, go. Is that a fair term? Sure. Well, you know, are the crappies that good eating out of a farm lake? Oh, God. Well, it, uh, this was reported in Johnny Heights News yesterday. Yeah. On uh, the 3 o'clock hour. Uh, See, Kenny, I, was, I wasn't here. I didn't May know. Mayoral no, Wednesday. Mayoral Wednesday. I had a Mayoral Wednesday. I only have one more. But Kenny had a good point, and Patrick had a good point. Kenny said, why would you want to clean 300 co- uh, crappies? It wouldn't be worth your while. Right. And what, what are they tasting like in, in July? You want them in the spring? No, well, I, I'll eat a crappie caught out of a Brainerd Lakes area in July. Okay. And, I, and, I, and crappies, I think, are fantastic eating. I love them. Flower. But why, and I, I suppose I, I would be considered insensitive for pointing this out, but why invariably when this happens, uh, it happens to our Asian friends? I'm not sure why. I don't know. If I don't. It's, it's a cultural peculiarity. Every summer, Lake Calhoun or Harry, it's good for a trunk load of crappies from Zong Fong Wing. You right, know, I, right. I don't get it. You know, the land of the good and plenty, but you know, you gotta. Is it is it stockpiling food? Um, and if they're, you know, able to, I let's say they had a boat, right? Okay. I don't know if they were fishing with a boat. Maybe they were standing on a dock. All right, but. They, they probably have enough money to go to the grocery store, would be my guess. Uh, right. 
Who's line one, Chris? Uh, Ryan. Ryan. Hey, Joe. Yes. I might I might have a ray of hope. You remember on Tuesday when you were talking about cylinder index? Yes. Um, well, I, I started thinking about it, and I figured I'd add up my daughter's. She's 25. Yep. And I got a, I got a, came to a realization that I have to work on it because I'm at 41. She's at 40. Really? Yeah. You better get moving. See, these are the kinds of stories at the fair that could earn her uh, induction into the uh, first ever Garage Logic Cylinder Hall of Fame. That's that's true, but uh, she doesn't listen to Garage Logic. She doesn't. No. What's wrong with her? You haven't done your job, sir. You have. You have failed she, miserably. <laughs> she's a she's a millennial. That's all I can say. Well, well what what does she own? Uh, see, she she's got an F three fifty. With a diesel, yeah, uh, a GMC Yukon, a Chevy pickup, a Ford Probe, Chevy Suburban. Okay, a okay, stop. Okay, stop. Why does she have all of those cylinders? Does she just enjoy them, or does she do it for her work, or what? She does for her enjoyment mostly. Is she married? No, she's got a boyfriend though. Yeah, well, it sounds like she's a perfect mix for Garage Logic. Is she urban or rural? She is urban. Urban, and she's that much above her age. Yep. Well, congratulate her for me. She won't know what you're 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 referring to, but you will. Okay. Uh, she's John end- Heitbach. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> well, oh, Reavers, hey, uh, you guys are back on the air. Okay, yeah. thanks. Reavers uh, is not offended by that because Reavers is happy that Heights back too. He's very happy, right, Reeves? Oh yeah, yeah. You all right, Reeves? I'm great. Everything okay? Everything He's still good. trying to find uh, uh, ID or ninety on I ninety. Yeah, Fairmont. Fairmont. Mm-hmm. Anna from Adamini. Yep. Alerted me to a story that she has not seen anywhere, what but she that? has friends in Florida. Santa Bell Jim might be interested in this. Worst glad. red tide in more than a decade leaves droves of animals dead on Southwest Florida beaches. What? And I have a good friend. Uh, he and his wife just returned from their house in Bonita Springs. Okay, yeah. And he was. Compl- he said, even on a, at a restaurant, everyone was coughing because of the algae bloom. Seriously? Yeah, he said it was terrible. But the reason I, I'm bringing this up is it's it's called the worst red tide event in more than a decade. It's leaving dead animals, including an unprecedented number of sea turtles on Southwest Florida beaches. I guess it's upending vacations on Sanibel and Fort Myers beach and oh, all sure. the way down to Tiger Naples. Tail beach, Marco Island everywhere. And it's just terrible. Uh, the national weather service issued a red tide beach hazard advisory Friday for Lee, Charlotte and Sarasota counties through Monday. It's definitely an advisory for people who have respiratory issues when exposed to the algal blooms. Tony Hurt, a National Weather Service meteorologist, told the uh, Fort Myers newspaper. Beachgoers to the Fort Myers area, including Sanibel and Captiva, not only faced the dead fish and the red tide, they were kept from enjoying the beach because of rough seas and riptides. Uh, But here's why I'm bringing this up. Nowhere. Nowhere is it mentioned. And this is a Weather Channel story that apparently was picked up in the Fort Myers newspaper. Yes. Nowhere is climate change blamed for this. Come on. Algal blooms of cyanobacteria originate from runoff containing human waste and fertilizers from nearby farms and ordinary neighborhoods, according to the Fish and Wildlife uh, 
Council of Florida. Uh, nitrogen and phosphorus, as well as other nutrients in the polluted runoff, can act like fertilizer for the algae, creating large and long-lasting blooms. That's there's nowhere in here are we told that this is because of uh, a fouled uh, climate. That's a ray of hope. Yeah, I mean, isn't that? Wouldn't that be a complete ray of hope? Well, absolutely. And it says, uh, "Here's today's ray of hope." Uh, if if ingested, water contaminated with toxic cyanobacteria can cause nausea, vomiting, and in severe cases, acute liver failure. The Centers for Disease Control says coming in direct contact with the algae can result in a rash. Some research indicates a link between long-term inhalation of toxic algae fumes and neurological disorders like Parkinson's and Lou Gehrig's disease. Wow. Good Lord. Wow. In June, fishing guide Chris O'Neill told the Fort Myers News Press, the red tide that began in October has left a trail of dead marine animals. It is the longest on record since 06. It's pretty bad, and it smells like massive death, O'Neill told the Fort Myers newspaper. I saw a manatee and a sea turtle and six tarpons dead in one small body of water. I only had to look for a couple of hours. It wasn't hard to find. I could see about six goliaths laying on the beach at Boca Grande. The bloom originated in waters off Lee County near Fort Myers, but has expanded to include waters just south of Tampa Bay to the Collier-Monroe border, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission reported in June. Nowhere in here is uh, climate change cited as the cause, which is almost a miracle given today's modern reporting. It's, it's runoff, from, and, and it contains waste and fertilizers. Sounds dreadful, doesn't it? I just sent a, a text to Randy Wayne White yeah. to see if he's uh, witnessed any of this. Well, he better not go out on his paddleboard. <laughs> no, no, probably not if it's red tide. John Height. And all the roads that lead you there will wind in. John, as is our custom. Yes. Uh, Lee, go ahead, please. Uh, Hail the uh, flashlight king. Hail you. Thank you. I have a story. um, Quickly, please. Quickly, please, because you are in the news segment. Oh, my God. You want to hang on? Yep. All right. And the chief offsite correspondent, Kelsey, proving how deserving he was of his promotion. Uh, provides us with everything we would ever want to know about Lake Sisseton. 139 mm-hmm. acres, 19 feet deep. Uh, great fishing lake, DNR stocks it. It's uh, named for the Sisseton branch of the Dakota Indian tribe that once dominated the region now known as Martin County. Uh, Rick, go ahead, please. Yeah, I'd love if I get the time with them. Here's John Hyde in the newsroom. Thanks, Joe. It's partly sunny. Uh, the sun has popped out. Looks pretty nice out. 65 degrees. This what up- happened? This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. The Twins are off today. They'll open up three-game series against the Royals at Target Field tomorrow night. Uh-huh. Uh, last night, it was kind of fun. I stayed up and watched. Uh, Brian Dozier had a pretty good, pretty good game out on the West Coast for the Dodgers. Three for four with a home run, a double, and a single, helping the Dodgers beat the Brewers six to four. Ten innings looks very weird, though, to see him in a Dodger uniform. You know, it, it did, and you know what's going to happen, don't you? He's going to hit about 15 bombs for yeah. those guys. They're going to go to the World Series, and now we're going to have to hear about it for uh, 
for the entire rest of Here's the my question. Did, yes, did you I, I saw a highlight on the news where he was in the dugout mm-hmm. and he tapped somebody on the back as if to say like Hey, I'm here. The that guy, was the night before. That was the night he arrived night in before. L.A. Oh, so he just ran down the hallway or the locker room with his uniform on. So he was just seeing those guys for the, for first, the first time. time. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. He got okay. there that during the game. He, he arrived had, during the game. He had been traded literally, what, minutes before the deadline. And as soon as he was traded, he got on a plane and went to Los Angeles because he wanted to be in the game that night. But it was a, what, one nothing ball yeah, game. That, a quick ball game. And he didn't get a chance to get in. Oh, okay. He showed up in the dugout in the eighth inning. Because so. I just thought that was weird that, like, you're like, hey, I'm hey, I'm here. That's like, enough about Dozier. <laughs> Let's go you, here. you caught that whole thing? Yep. What did it start <laughs> with? I don't know. I had to do some emails. <laughs> sure. News notes from today. The explosion at the Husky Refinery in Superior, Wisconsin, back in April, uh, determined to stem from a worn valve that converts oil to gasoline. The possible cause was part of U.S. Chemical Safety Board factual update released today as part of the board's ongoing investigation. The incident happened during a planned maintenance shutdown and during a scheduled break time. According to the CSB, many workers previously in the unit before the explosion had moved either into blast-resistant buildings or away from the process. Uh, process unit that explosion injured about 20 people and forced tens of thousands of residents to evacuate from superior and rural areas south of duluth do you have the news of the active shooter at an air force base i do not i saw the info but there was no info no info yet <laughs> yeah the only info was that there was an active shooter at the a lockdown is it in ohio do we know in that? ohio yes right. that's correct at an air force base there a Maple Grove man was charged with third-degree assault stemming from an incident that injured an 8-year-old boy in Apple Valley on Tuesday. According to authorities, 18-year-old Roman Adams reportedly picked up a child and pushed him off a slide platform at the Apple Valley Aquatic Center. The criminal complaints says officers responded to a medical call involving the 8-year-old with a broken leg. When they got there, they observed the child lying on the concrete sidewalk below a water slide. Oh. Investigation determined the child had been standing on the platform at the top of the water slide when a male picked the child up and threw the child over the railing. What the hell? The platform reportedly 28.1 feet from the ground, the top of the railing 31.9 feet from the ground. Adams was located and identified as the suspect. According to the complaint, an officer questioned Adams what happened. He stated to police he was waiting in line to use the slide and that it was taking too long. Oh, how about the fact you're an 18-year-old at a water park? But he's got, I know he's got, go ahead, Johnny. Sorry, Johnny. He then admitted to throwing the child off the platform due to uh, the line taking too long. Uh, Apple Valley Police said throughout the investigation, it's clear that Adams has some type of developmental disability. Mm-hmm. He said, to what extent, we're not sure. That'll be something that's learned as the days and weeks follow. He added, the reaction Adams gave police, though, was that he knew that what he did was wrong. How old was the moron who threw the kid off? 18. 18. The problem is, he's already had an incident at this water park. He's got somebody yeah. that's following him that... Uh, uh, Somebody that's accompanying him, mm-hmm. but I would not leave him on the top of the water park. Apparently if, not. If right. he's exactly prone to do that. How's the eight-year-old? Because the there was eight, conflicting reports. He had uh, sustained numerous fractures to both his feet, a broken femur in one leg, and shattered bones in a shoulder. My God. So, uh, yes, injuries. 
Members of the Trump administration kicked off Sarah Sanders' press briefing today by saying the administration is stepping up efforts to stop interference in the upcoming elections. Director of National Intelligence Dan Coates said at the briefing that Russia is continuing to pursue its efforts to interfere in the U.S. political system and said President Trump has specifically directed the U.S. intelligence committee, uh, community excuse me, to make countering election interference a top priority. Homeland Security Secretary Christian Nielsen, FBI Director Dan Coates, uh, National Security Advisor Director Paul Nakasone and National Security Advisor John Bolton also joined Sanders at that briefing. The former chief offsite correspondent is, mm-hmm. is having a difficult transition. Oh. Oh. He now writes, hell, you miss more days than I do, and they don't take away your mayor title. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting ugly. It's getting ugly. It is. It is. Pope Francis has declared the death penalty is never admissible because it's an attack on the inviolability and dignity of the person. Catholic Church formally making that announcement today. The church, which has been added to the catechism of the, or the change, excuse me, which has been added to the catechism of the Catholic Church, makes official a position the Pope has articulated since he became pontiff. The church now teaches the death penalty is inadmissible and states that it will work with determination toward its abolition worldwide, according to the Vatican. The Catholic Church's teaching on the death penalty has been slowly evolving since the time of Pope John Paul II, who served from 1978 to 2005. In his Christmas message in 1998, he wished the world was consensus concerning the need for urgent and adequate measures to end the death penalty. His successor, Benedict XVI, in a document published in November 2011, called on society's leaders to make every effort to eliminate the death penalty. Apple has become the world's first publicly traded company to be valued at $1 trillion. Because <laughs> they got us hooked on these damn phones. <laughs> the milestone was reached today. It marks the wow. latest triumph of the trend-setting company that two mavericks named Steve started in a garage 42 years ago. In a garage. Steve, let's get a story. Steve Jobs and who's the other Steve? Uh, Steve Wozniak. Yes. Steve Wozniak. Uh, let's get an interview with the guy that sold his Apple stock that was a... An equal partner back in the early 80s. Let's get an interview with that guy. (laughs) The achievement seemed unimaginable in 1997 when Apple teetered on the edge of bankruptcy with its stock trading for less than $1 on a split-adjusted basis basis, and its market value dropped below $2 billion at that time. To survive, Apple brought back its once-exiled co-founder, Steve Jobs, as interim CEO and turned to its arch-rival Microsoft for a $150 million cash infusion to help pay the bills. Uh, if you had purchased $10,000 worth of stock at that point of desperation, that investment right now would be worth $2.6 million. Sold. Hmm. Jobs eventually introduced popular products like the iPod, iPhone. The stock has been surging this week in anticipation of the next generation of iPhone expected to be released in September. What more can it do? How do well, it know? How, to how, do, how do it know? How do it know? Sure, but you probably asked the same question 10 years ago. We don't know what the future holds. Hey, but I, I think the phone does about what it did 10 years ago, doesn't it? Oh, it'll... Just better camera. Ways. I don't know. Better, camera, better cameras. Uh, you don't have to wait two weeks. At the Snyder's. drone phone. It will follow you everywhere. Well, that's coming, Reavers. You're right. Yeah. A little dro- you'll have your own drone. <laughs> kind of like Pigpen with the yeah. uh, cloud of... Your dirt. own drone. <laughs> okay. National Avocado Day didn't go as planned this week for Chipotle. The fast casual restaurant chain promoted free guacamole with any entree on Tuesday. God, I hate avocado. Oh, 
You don't like guacamole? I hate it. No. The dip is okay, but I don't know why people need to put an avocado on a sandwich. If they do, I certainly find it and get rid of it. First thing I toss. Yuck. I I very sternly toss it out. They have no taste, and they're mushy. What's the concept? Is it a fruit? What is an avocado? If it has seeds, I'll have to count on Kelsey, I guess. Yeah, I don't think morons I'm, don't know how to use a computer. It's got a seed. I can't yeah. spill avocado. Pit. Who's doing the weather today? Do we know? I, I, I guess that story's guess over. That story's we'll have somebody. <laughs> See, they yeah. had a little problem. I'm looking up an avocado. Yeah. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We have increasing sunshine. Our temperatures are starting to climb. Very comfortable morning this morning. It's 65 right now. Yeah, if you like October. Oh, come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on, yeah, man. It's, it's nice. It's going to get hot and no, sticky. I know, I know Dave. Yeah. I'm just, just being you're, silly. You're messing with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, today's high is actually going to get up to 70, about 77 degrees. We are only at 65. That means it's going to jump up 12 degrees here in the next three to four hours, thanks to increasing sunshine. Tonight, mild 62 for the low and a few clouds around. Friday, hot and humid. Temperatures get up to 89, and we will see a chance of thunderstorms developing, especially in the nighttime hours on Friday. Um, that warm front that comes through may trigger off some showers and thunderstorms early in the morning, but I think the best chance is Friday night into early Saturday. And then Saturday now looks like the wetter day of the two this weekend. Uh, still warm and humid, 85 on Saturday, 87 Sunday. Sunday looks like uh, the better day because of more sunshine, less shower activity uh, that will be mainly limited to the morning on Sunday. Next week, we're going to stay in the middle 80s for highs gets up to 88 again by Wednesday. But today, going for a high of 77 with increasing sun, Joe. Right now, we're at 65. All right, thank you. Thank you. Uh, the chief off, the new chief offside correspondent, uh, Kelsey. Yes. Uh, he's he's uh, doing a bit of what the former chief offside correspondent did, and that is he's almost providing too much information because he's disrupting the, uh, the flow of the show. Um, you know, but sometimes- his stuff is so good, I have to use it. Because it refers to something we've discussed. Uh, now, you were wondering, Reavers, about the fellow who cashed out of Apple? Yes. Ronald Wayne, uh, an American retired electronics industry worker. He co-founded Apple Computer with Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs, providing administrative oversight for the new venture. Uh, he worked with Steve Jobs at Atari before he, Jobs, and Wozniak founded Apple Computer on April 1, 1976. Serving as the adventure's adult supervision, Wayne drew the first Apple logo, wrote the three men's original partnership agreement, and wrote the Apple One manual. He received a 10% stake in Apple. But two weeks later, on April 12, 1976, he relinquished his equity for $800. Legally, all members of a partnership are personally responsible for any debts incurred by any partner, Unlike Jobs and Wozniak, then 21 and 25, Wayne had personal assets that potential creditors could seize. Oh, he was protecting himself, in other words. Get it? He now, oh, works, at, case. He now works at Radio Shack. Well, how right. old is he? He was born in 1934. Quickly help me. 84. 84, 83, 84. Uh, so there it is. His name is Ronald wow. Wayne. And I'm sure he is... Uh, uh, at peace uh, with uh, with what he did. There. Oh, I'm sure he is. No, he's not. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and he thinks about it every night going to sleep. And then uh, 
The red tide in Florida. Shannon Bell Jim notes, Joe, uh, here's the nearly daily release given to the tide update, and he, he links me to it. The problem comes primarily from Lake Okeechobee and the sugar plantations with all the crap they use to keep the cane growing. Add to that the farms that surround the lake, and it's a quagmire of crap that flows down the Calahousahatchee River to San Carlos Bay and then the Gulf. The respiratory problems for humans are somewhat exaggerated. We have no problems, and the blooms are rare, but excessive rains have worsened the outpouring of terrible chemicals that flow down to us. Much death and dying of water creatures. The state of Florida is slow, almost non-reacting to the problem. It is felt that they have corrupt ties to the sugar monoliths through direct contact and, of course, politicians who are beholding to the sugar industry. Uh, yes, you can you can verify that reading Carl Hyacin. Uh, it's been a problem for many, many years, but never this bad. Solutions are few and slow in coming. Mm. All right. I just wasn't made for these times. Or... Yeah, or it's almost over. Either one. Let's do both. All right. I like this one. I guess I just wasn't made for these times. Over? Did you say over? When it's over. Have you heard of the video game called Fortnite? Yes, I have a son mm-hmm. that plays it. He does, huh? Yes. My youngest. According to the Wall Street Journal, parents are now hiring coaches to help their children win more at the game. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. The combat game Fortnite has exploded in popularity over the past year with more than 100 million players worldwide, including celebrities and professional gamers. The game is so pervasive that social pressure to be good at it is spurring some parents to pay an hourly rate to trainers to help their children. Huh. There's pressure not to just play it, but to be really good at it, said Mother Allie Hicks. You can imagine what that was like for my son at school. No, no, no lady, I can't. No, no. I can't, lady. Uh, parents are paying 10 and $20 per hour for their children to take Fortnite lessons so their children can be more competitive with their friends, the same way some parents pay for sports training or music lessons. I want them to excel at what they enjoy, said Ewan Robertson, whose 10 and 12-year-old sons play the game. For some parents, it's just about helping their kids fit in. Other parents, like J.D. Giles, are participating in the lessons with their children, using it as a way to bond with the younger generation. Mm -hmm. Within one week, I actually got a solo win, Giles or Giles told the Wall Street Journal. The other dads I play with congratulated me. I earned a little credibility with my son and his friends, and my wife and daughter made fun of me. Well, I will say this, uh, in that parent's defense, it is difficult to pair up the right coach for your child. Uh, Gabe has gone through two coaches. He's currently on his third coach. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, Thank my... Thank God you're not telling the I'm truth. I'm not. My, Gabe actually <laughs> Otherwise, just, you're fired. He confessed the other day. He said, you know what? I really should be a lot better at this game, but I just don't care about it enough. Other parents have even higher ambitions for their gamers with hopes for future eSports scholarships or professional winnings. Epic Games, the company behind Fortnite, has pledged $100 million in tournament prizes as some colleges have varsity gaming teams. <laughs> okay. Robertson said he thinks investing in Fortnite is a safer alternative to sports. There isn't any inherent risk, Robertson said. They're not going to break a leg playing video games. No, but they're going to fry their brains. 
I, I can't believe this. Is it a violent game? I know nothing about it. Um, I wouldn't play a video game uh, for all the tea in China. It's not like uh, Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto. So little kids play it, apparently. Uh, all ages play. Yeah, it's not It's not an adult uh, game. But you, you still have to sit at a screen. Yes. And manipulate the... And you're playing against maybe... Um, you uh, play it on a laptop or something? Or do you have to have a specific gaming console? We well, use it on your phone. Don't you play it on your phone? You, you, well, he plays it on a gaming console. Oh. Uh, but I'm sure you can play it on your phone as well. But you can play, say your friend, it's a rainy day and your friends are at home. Oh. You can still play online with them oh, that's, during that's the great. same time. That's great. Yeah, you got it. The next greatest generation. Huh? Well, it used to be, if it, we got a rainy day, we read Archie comic books. Okay? Yeah. Well, you know, to each their own, huh? Mm-hmm. Jughead? Bazooka Joe. Okay. The day maybe lined I, up, maybe lined up your baseball cards. Yeah, but we 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 were uh, entrepreneurial. Yep. Sure. Look at that even Mickey know how that worked. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and all that. Goes. All right, let's go. That guy who bailed out of Apple, Ronald Wayne. Yep. He uh, he retired to a mobile home park in Powerump, Nevada, selling stamps and rare coins. You got to be you're joking. I'm not. Jobs and and what's his name didn't take care of him? Uh, I guess not. Like hey, you know, thanks Ron for all the help. Where's he has no regrets. Right. Who's that on line 2? That'd be Greg. Greg, go ahead quickly, please. Say, uh, you were talking about Fortnite, and there's an internet streamer that Rookie's Kid might know who goes by the name of Ninja, yep. and he makes $500,000 a month playing that game online. How? By defeating other people? Uh, internet sponsors and people watching him play, basically, this thing is huge business. So Mike is just too stupid to make any money off of it, huh? I guess so. Uh, you'd have to ask him that. All right. If there's money in it, let's go, kid. You know, you ever get the idea? There's something going on out there we don't know anything yeah, about. Yeah, I do. I, I really do. I don't. I can't keep up with that. I'm uh, not even going to give that guy that we don't know that because the world is so strange that it's probably true that some kid's making a fortune playing a video game. I don't get it. 1500 ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 65 degrees, more 